0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Reality Bike Cocktails and Roses. I'm Matt from 10 Daily.
1: And I'm Talia from Punky.
0: And we have an enormous week to talk about on The Bachelorette this week. Not only do we have to sort through the wreckage from the last two cocktail parties, but we also have a very important guest this week, don't we, Tal?
1: We do. We said goodbye to Jamie on the show, but he's going to join us later on the podcast. I know you're very excited, Matt.
0: I am very excited.
1: You're a big Jamie fan. I've
0: always been Jamie's biggest defender, and I love him. I will always love him.
1: And will he bench press you today (laughs) in the studio?
0: (laughs) Thank you for reading my Christmas list. Look, moving along, if you haven't seen this week's show, please stop what you're doing, pause this, go and watch them on 10 Play, or make sure that you're tuned in Wednesdays and Thursdays at 7.30 on 10 unpause this welcome back hey how's it going <laughs> All right we've got
1: a lot of drama to get through. we have
0: so much to get through so should we get stuck into it
1: let's get straight into it um i think group date number one there was only one group date this week anyway
0: yes okay let's just uh, straight from the top these dates this week sucked
1: they're really bad yeah like so every single one
0: on wednesday it just felt like they were even the show was just like let's just get through these dates it was like let's speed through let's, this we've got jamie's go. dropping
1: bombs and we need to get to that but yeah. So the fir- the group date was basically the boys were taken to daddy daycare mm-hmm. and they had a challenge to see who could change the uh, nappy on a baby while then carrying the baby and getting a school child ready. Yeah, they had to I dress need to a say, there's, Yeah, yeah, there's no real children hurt in the making of this. <laughs>
0: Thank God, because those mannequins <laughs> got beat up. At one stage, I think Jamie was holding a head and some legs in his arms as he like raced across a field. He did. It Jackson
1: was, said he looked like a serial killer. It was
0: terrifying. But uh, I think the only important thing about this very strange date was that we learned Hayden has absolutely no plans of having kids.
1: I know. Hayden took a break from his vodka soda to <laughs> let us know that he never, wants to have children he put
0: the vodka soda down and he was like i've never considered having children
1: he's like why would you it was kind of interesting though because he was very open about it but it just obviously had not come up in conversation in the four weeks beforehand with angie but he was just like you can do a lot of like traveling and live your life without having kids and i'm fine being an uncle but
0: can i say same 100% same (laughs) literally you know I have a niece that's all I need I don't need to have a child (laughs) (laughs) no no, I'm saying Hayden and I are going to travel together while you raise your children with him okay
1: my mannequin (laughs) yeah
0: uh but that was that was it that was pretty much the only important part of those dates was that we learned Hayden doesn't want children and then Jackson got some alone time he and Angie seemed to have a good time. He they got a kissed, rose, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then it was time for the single date. It was just like,
1: all right. Okay, fine. That was through. And then single date was Carlin. Sure. So we've got a few guys in the house that haven't had a single date yet. So you would think maybe it was going to be Alex. Maybe it was going to be Jamie. <laughs> I did
0: not think it was going to be Alex. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Everyone's like who I have <laughs> to keep
0: reminding myself who Alex is, yeah. I
1: know, bless. I
0: know. But so this was the first, second single date of the season. So she took him to Q Station. And she took
1: Carlin to Q Station and it's quite a haunted spot in Sydney actually, but yeah, they didn't is. do any sort of like ghost hunting. Um we went on a retreat there for our editorial retreat with Junkie earlier this year and yeah, we try to find ghosts.
0: Did you see any? No. I've done the ghost fine. tour there and it was one of the scariest nights of my life. Not because I saw any ghosts, but because one of the friends that I was with screamed and cried the whole time. <laughs> it was really horrifying. It wasn't me for the record. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I said friend. Um... <laughs> <laughs>
1: but anyway, Colin and Angie, they went in daylight for once, so it wasn't too scary. And they just kind of sat around no
0: they went okay so the most important part of this date was that carlin took his shirt off and angie wiped yes. him down with sunscreen that yeah. was pretty much the only highlight and then they went on some water bikes we didn't even see that no then they went to a brewery where we didn't even do anything and then they just had a picnic
1: yeah she was kind of like oh my parents liked you and he was like oh did they
2: yeah and thanks. then their
1: whole conversations and she's like oh i love the beach do you love the beach and Colin's like yeah mm. and then she's like i love a day bev do you love a day drink and he's like yeah i love a day drink and that's pretty much like and she's like oh yeah i'm really glad we reestablish our connection <laughs> well honestly it's kind of
0: a step up from the last single date that they had where all they really talked about was how perfect Colin is mm. so it's like instead of that it's just like finding common ground with everyday things yeah yeah. I love the sun. Do you yeah. love the sun? I love the sun. Yeah. Yeah. But that was it. So that, that was single kind date, of, a date. Yep. of course Done, he got dusted. a rose. Like, Carlin's never going to not get a rose on a single date. Uh, and then it was time for the cocktail parties. It was like 15 uh, minutes yeah. of dates.
1: Yep. Cocktail party. Let's talk about that though, because it was chaotic.
0: Yes. As kind of the aftermath of the group date, Angie immediately took Hayden aside, said, you don't want kids. I do. I think you should leave. And he was gone.
1: He was like, let me finish my vodka soda. And then he was gone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, I, I'm going to miss Hayden in the next couple of weeks. I know because, you are. <laughs> yeah. I'm his, like, number one fan. Only fan. Yeah, only yeah. fan. But he just kind of sat there sipping his vodka soda, as we've said, just, like, kind of judging everyone at the cocktail party. And he missed all the chaos. He mm. missed all the drama. I reckon he would have been spewing deep down.
0: Yeah, he w- he would have had so much to angrily drink at because what else was going on in the background was Jamie had decided – that he was finally going to start saying names because in the past at cocktail parties, when he's kind of inferred that some guys are not as genuine as they seem, Angie's asked him specifically who, and he has always wheeled it back. He's he's kind of
1: backtracked and he's been like, well, you're putting me in this hard position. And she's like, but you brought it
0: up. Yeah. And I kind of, I mean, I'm always going to see Jamie's side of things, but I feel like I get it because he doesn't want to be throwing guys under the bus. So, clearly if that makes sense.
1: I think he doesn't realize the holes he's digging himself into sometimes. Yeah. And he thinks he's doing everything for the right reasons for Angie but then kind of gets himself into these sticky situations and doesn't know how to get himself out of it.
0: For sure and so because of last week where we saw a lot of the guys speak to Angie's dad about needing to stay away from Jamie Mm -hmm. he decided that he was going to say his piece
1: yeah he was ready he's been thrown under the bus so he was ready to to drive that bus uh, he was ready to run some people down um so he named matt kieran and Mm carlin as not being there for genuine reasons
0: and carlin was really the big one that he kind of went after and i think that really took angie by surprise especially after such a solid single day
1: exactly and angie's concerns with carlin have been that he seems too good to be true so Mm -hmm. we did actually see her believe jamie probably more than what we even expected when we saw the promos and stuff it was like well jamie's just kind of saying this stuff it's obvious he's jealous but she was really taken aback because he dropped that carlin wants to be the 2020 bachelor
0: Mm. he said that he had been walking around the house and he had heard it several times that carlin wanted to be the next bachelor and he was only on the show just to kind of increase his career because he's, he's been a model and an actor in a few commercials. Yes. Um, yeah,
1: there's a toothpaste comm- No, he's... <laughs> there's a
0: Wollongong one where the the woman, <laughs> the voice of a woman says, Wollongong. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's how you say it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Angie did actually take Jamie's word for it. Yes. Yeah, so and there, she was really upset.
0: I mean, just a series, it was kind of a domino effect. So after the chat with Jamie, she, you know, went and spoke to Carlin. And he was pretty taken aback by the allegations as well because he was he, he completely denied it.
1: Yeah, he was quite upset. Um, before that, though, Jamie had even told Carlin that he had said this stuff to Angie. And then they had a bit of a bro-off, I'm going to call it, mm. um, where Carlin told Jamie that he left high school a long time ago and Jamie needs to grow the hell up.
0: It's a good line. It was. The it's other thing weird. I really liked was when he was um he was angrily shaking his lapel where the rose was and he yeah. said, "See this? This she is a rose gave Jamie. This to me because <laughs> she wants me here." I love that. I do that in the mirror every night well, before I go His voice
1: was a bit shaky, like he sounded close to tears.
0: Kind of. I yeah. thought it was really funny. I know I shouldn't have, but yeah. So Carlin was upset and Angie was upset and they both were really kind of disappointed in each other almost.
1: Yeah, it was Just kind of a a weird juxtaposition, nearly of how well their date had gone previously to then this. And she, Angie, was questioning Carlin's character basically. Mm. She was saying, Who are you? I thought I knew you. And Carlin seemed a bit shook that she was even going to believe Jamie over him. Yeah. So there's a bit of a storm brewing.
0: Meanwhile, (laughs) Angie then takes Tim aside because if anyone is going to give her the story straight she it's believed it was gonna Tim? be Tim. yeah that was crazy to which me. is so weird because I can barely follow a sentence of Tim's no anyway.
1: and like what was he gonna say he's like oh I didn't really hear it sorry I need to go piss like, yeah. <laughs> like what, what was the question <laughs> but Tim backed Carlin up he said he hasn't heard Carlin say that he wants to be the bachelor Angie started to feel a bit silly I guess mm. for believing Jamie so she took Carlin aside again to apologize to him
0: yeah And then this is where my most, the the, the best part of the night was the coat rose mishap.
1: Oh my God.
0: Because if we hadn't had enough drama already, Tim looks down the hallway to see that Angie's wearing Carlin's coat. But what he didn't realize was obviously the rose was on the lapel of the coat. So he thought that. Angie had stripped Carlin of his rose.
1: Which is just wild in itself, because then she would have, what, stripped Carlin of the rose and then just pinned it to herself? Like, what was he thinking? <laughs> like, she's not holding it. Like, I guess,
0: And I guess the interesting thing was at some stage, um, when Carlin was talking to Angie, he says to her you can take this rose off me and yeah. you can send me home. So for us as a viewer, that was kind of already there.
1: Yeah, exactly. And then
0: when Tim said, she's taking the rose, she's taken the rose. For a second, I was like, oh my God, she actually did it. But she was just wearing his coat no, because she was cold. It was
1: cold. as winter. winter.
0: <laughs> she even said, I really want to tell you how I'm feeling, but I'm too cold. So he like, is, does the gentlemanly thing and puts he's his coat around. on her.
1: Yeah. Ryan, though, straight up, he's not impressed. He straight away accuses Tim of stirring the pot. So they have a bit of an argument about that. Tim realizes that he didn't see it correctly. Mm. Um, Then Matt's just kind of laughing at him. Tim's like, no, no, everyone go look, go look, go look. Like, this is what it looks like. Then out of nowhere, Kieran just comes storming in. He's not happy. He goes off at Tim.
0: Because the one thing that we haven't touched on, which was also alluded to, was that Kieran was not in a great space. No. He said that he had been struggling with something and he was really keen to talk to Angie about it. But because of all this farce, all this, you know, kerfuffle that was going on with the other guys, he didn't get that opportunity. And then it kind of came to a head where, you know, like back and forth with all this kind of drama. And then all of a sudden Tim's making this song and dance about the rose. And Kieran just, it, it, it felt like it was the straw that broke the Kieran's back.
1: <laughs> Thank you. That was a pretty
0: good thing. I was proud of that one. Um,
1: so, Kieran does come storming in. Obviously, things have, you know, reached ahead with him. Um, he looks down the hallway. He's like, it's pretty obvious what's going on yep. with a lot more swearing and colourful language than that. Mm. Um, then he just storms off. And that's where we kind of cut that episode. Yeah.
0: It was a two parter, a uh, bit of a cliffhanger.
1: It was. So, Angie's looking shocked. Carlin's looking shocked. Tim's just, God knows, probably stirring chaos somewhere else and Kieran's pretty much stormed off to D-Mike and get changed into his home clothes.
0: Mm. And then the next night, obviously, we just kicked off straight back into that same cocktail party where it was revealed that the reason why Kieran had been struggling for so much was because his nan had died.
1: Okay, this, I was so upset watching this scene. I think it's probably the most emotional 10 minutes of reality TV I have ever seen.
0: Yeah, it was completely heartbreaking.
1: It was. I cried. I cried. Everyone in the office cried. (laughs) By that, I mean everyone in the punky team, which is two of us. (laughs) It was really upsetting. And you could see Kieran was – Kieran's talked about his nan on the show before. So, there was context given to that. Um, He was really close with her. She kind of pretty much raised him by the sounds of it. And Mm -hmm. he's found out during filming that she's passed away. Um, So, he's decided to leave the show based off that. But he's really upset because he – Felt like he formed a really strong connection with Angie. She's really upset. Like as soon as he comes out in his clothes, she's like, "No, no, no! What are you doing?" Before she even knew what had happened. Mm. And because he emerged last week as a bit of a dark horse, I think it really kind of threw everyone. And he's developed such a fan following as well in the last hundred Th- percent.
0: That's the really interesting thing from the sort of um, I think it's it's interesting to note that we can no longer kind of trust in quotes the red carpet arrivals because he got that mm. kind of he got that joker that kind of like
1: sexual willy Wonka that, yeah it, he,
0: he was a bit of a joke and then the more that we got to meet kieran the more we really couldn't have judged a book by its cover because he did emerge as a guy that, that felt really genuine that actually seemed like a nice guy that was there for angie totally which is why i think this was so emotional as well for us as as viewers
1: and i guess when you look he kind of emerges this front runner along with i guess carlin and ryan but he and Angie kind of connected on this different level where they are both obviously loud, outgoing personalities, whereas Ryan and Carl are a bit more calm. And so she's kind of lost someone that I think really shares her sense of humor mm. as well as someone that she was able to get on a bit of a deeper level with.
0: Yeah, 100%.
1: So she's really upset and she's they kind of have this really like sad goodbye, Pash?
0: Yeah, it was really sad. I felt like
1: I was watching, like, a really sad movie. It was
0: like he was going off to war. I like, know, <laughs> like I know. There was just so much passion and sadness at the same time that, yeah, it was it was really horrible. But unfortunately, that, that meant that, you know, Kieran had made the decision to leave. And it, yeah. it obviously devastated Angie. So she was looking for a bit of fun for her next single date. Should we chat about that?
1: Oh, yeah, let's do it. This is... A bit painful to watch this next single
0: date. So obviously, if you're looking for fun in the house, the only person really left is Ryan.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Ryan. When I think of personality, it's
0: got to be Alex. (laughs) 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 That old jokester.
1: Jamie finally got his single date. No, it was Um, Tim. It was. It was was Tim. Tim.
0: And um, boy, could she have made uh, this? Was a bad date.
1: It was. She was kind of like, we're going to get really fancy. We're going to get dressed up. Neither of us like doing that, but it's going to be really fun to go get really fancy. Yeah. And so I was kind of doomed from the start. I guess
0: her thinking was, let's do this and be dickheads together and just have fun and just forget about the emotionally taxing evening we just went through. Definitely. Unfortunately, Tim got in his own head about it, weirdly, weirdly about like being in a suit.
1: Yeah, I think he put a lot of pressure on himself too. That he was like, "Okay, I know Angie's been through this really intense, dramatic, twenty-four hours or whatever it was. I need to bring the funniness, the joy." Mm. And it's almost like he instead um,
0: he just went the complete other direction yeah, and was, and was he just silent. Himself out. Yeah, he he barely spoke for most of the day.
1: Yeah, they so, sat down for their fancy lunch. They had. 1000 dollars caviar or something.
0: Also like yuck.
1: Gross. Give
0: just, me a Mac any day. I was gonna say
1: just a Kit Kat will be fine. Oh my
0: god, yum. <laughs> I know. Imagine that. This is a thousand dollar Kit Kat from Iran. I'd be like, yes. You have to eat it I'll with be like, a mother Dude, of pearls. They're spoon. a dollar at
1: Coles right now. <laughs> why bother?
0: 7 Eleven do them for like sale <laughs> all the time.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, so Tim, Angie, caviar. Suits, dresses, very awkward. The word They're "fancy" not a, six thousand times. So many Ugh. times.
0: Ultimately, it, the whole kind of fancy side of things stalled, and then it got to the point where Angie was like, "In this second half of the date, if if the good Tim that I know and love doesn't show up, this might spell the end for Tim."
1: Yeah, and she kind of felt like Tim was off her. Mm. One thing I want to point out though is they come back together at nighttime. There's a bath waiting for them, mm. and do you know what this reminded me of?
0: The chocolate bath.
1: No god. I've been trying to erase that from my memory.
0: Matt and Helena's. Yes. Or Helena's.
1: They had that really awkward date. Yeah. And, and they were like they had, like, they had the timeline date and they were got into this kind of like weird argument. Helena went Helena Helena went off. <laughs> Why are we still struggling with this I so many know. months later? I don't know. I had later. to say her name so many times. <laughs> Every single
0: time I was like, Elena.
1: Elena. Um, and then they came back to a moonlit bath and everything was fine again. Maybe
0: baths solve problems?
1: And I hate that I because hate I can't think of anything worse than sharing a bath than with bathing? someone. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, true. I'm sorry. You're like in hot water in Sydney, each other's filth. And that's meant to be romantic.
0: It was also crazy that the bath was so hot, like in, in outside. I, I I kept thinking about how they kept the bath warm. I know that's <laughs> stupid, but
1: well, it is the middle of winter. Exactly, like, the water was spilling out because was... Tim's huge. Yeah, um, it just looked
0: uncomfortable. But for some reason, that brought Tim back.
1: Yeah. And he was back to being kind of Larry and Tim, I guess. Yeah,
0: the lovable sort of jokery Tim and and, and brought that levity to, I think, the date that it's so desperately needed.
1: Watching him, though, is like kind of watching a really hyperactive child. Like yes. even Angie turns to give him a rose. She turns back and he splashed water all over his face. He's got rose petals stuck to his cheeks. Like it's not sexy. <laughs>
0: As Angie's dad said, and I 100% believe, he would pester you at the dinner table. Yes. I love that sentence so much because it is so so accurate to describe him. Yeah, to me.
1: it would be like, "Oh, how was your day?" and you turn around and he's got like
0: He's got like the salt shaker in his mouth. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like a chicken leg off his nose. Yeah. It's like it's like, "What are you doing?" Can it's you have a conversation with me?
0: Green beans in his hair and it's like, "We're not even eating those. Where did you get them from?" <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't just, like, have caviar in his pockets at some stage and be like, I stole it. I
1: know. I'm
0: going to sell it on eBay.
1: In the end, I guess it worked because he did cheer Angie up. But then he kind of went on this spiel where he's like, you know, you make me really nervous. I really like you. But i rather that we went through this hurdle together of us having an awkward lunch because it's made us stronger (laughs) now that we've had an awkward bath. And it's like, don't, I'm not following.
0: Yeah, no, I don't think that makes you a stronger couple if you've had an awkward lunch. Right?
1: Followed by a bath. That's not a hurdle. Sorry, I just, I can't get over the baths bath, being yeah. romantic. They're gross. It's just gross. Also, it. like,
0: where do you, like, the, their feet is just, yeah, it's just like an, a, a tangle of limbs. I don't know. So less of a dramatic cocktail party this episode, um, but it kind of was interesting because uh, Jamie was talking to the boys and he said that he felt like this was his last chance to really make a connection with Angie. I yeah. I think he had seen... Carlin's second single date, Tim's second single date, and he was really feeling like at this stage, if he hasn't even had a single date, is it ever going to happen?
1: I thought he was going to say something really self-aware and be like, oh, yeah, no, I'm gone. I've lost my last chance. But he was kind of like, no, it's now is my last chance. Mm. And it's like, oh, you shot yourself in the foot last night.
0: Yeah, and it did seem like um, Angie really wrapped things up with him when they were having a one-on-one. Like It felt like almost the damage had been done the night before the cocktail party. It was
1: interesting because he apologized too. And he said, I'm sorry for kind of bringing up this negative thing to you, but I'm not But I don't sorry. regret what I said. Yeah I, yeah. yeah, I don't regret what I said. And it's, she's like, mm, really? And she, he was standing by the stuff <laughs> yeah. he said about Carlin. <laughs>
0: he said it, but it is true. And she said,
1: mm, it? Yeah, it was it? <laughs> I did so like that. Good. It was so good was um and yeah she wraps it up really fast and then mm. walking back to the house and she said she has a lot to think about which we know she's already made her decision mm. and he knew that too because he kind of goes on this tangent where he's like whatever happens can we go get a coffee in the outside and she's like yeah <laughs> no oh.
0: the one thing that i do want to talk about at this cocktail party was angie taking ryan away for a chat yes there was obviously some like Fast with Tim going on in the background, but then she just took Ryan aside and gave him a rose.
1: Yeah, and I was like,
0: "Oh, I, I truly was just like, okay, like
1: I think she just had like such a hectic few days, and then Ryan's nice, calm, slightly boring <laughs> energy was something that she really needed in yeah. that time. But Tim's in the bushes.
0: Tim's Tim's climbing a tree. <laughs> In the bushes, he's, he's like, Angie, sauntering down. Yeah, he's like he's like wandering down this long garden path to get to them. And then, just as she's about to pass Ryan, he just like pops up like a cartoon animal.
1: And he even jokes. He's like, "Oh, I'm just going to stand here." And it's funny when he does it. But obviously, when Jamie interrupted Angie and Ryan a few weeks ago, less funny.
0: Mm. Um, Ryan's always getting interrupted. <laughs>
1: yeah. How long is he taking Angie away for?
0: Probably a long time. Yeah, and he just sits there and he's like. Yeah. Thanks.
1: Well, he started, he started going on about being in a fine head space and being really like, I know things have been really hectic for you, but he was dropping some really like cliched lines mm. in that spill, but that was kind of broken up by Tim. Tim just in like, the background. Like, like, just yeah. lumbering down the footpath. Yeah. Um. Angie sends him away saying she wants two more minutes with Ryan. And then Tim's just like in the bushes. She's like, I can feel his like little eyes on me. Yeah. He he,
0: he gave them some space, but he was still there. He was still in the background. <sighs>
1: Um, but yeah, as you said, Ryan got a rose. A
0: rose before the rose ceremony, which yeah. was just, I was just like, all right, I guess we just don't follow the rules anymore.
1: Yeah, <laughs> That's fine. Whatever. <laughs> whatever. Um, but
0: heading into that, uh, you know, it was unfortunately Jamie's time to leave the show. It was. He,
1: um, he walked, he, walked, he kind of made Angie walk him out, I guess. Um, and he read her a letter.
0: Mm. I don't think it was so much a, a letter as it was just the thoughts that he had. I think he probably just put them down. In writing,
1: My, <laughs> <laughs> My favourite part was um, it cut away to just the other boys yawning, like it had obviously been such a long night. There's Matt and Al- Alex still there. Who? Go, Alex.
0: Go, Alex, yeah. Truly, I know that Tim called himself the Stephen Bradbury of the show, but Alex is truly the Stephen (laughs) Bradbury because there has just been so many different things going on that Alex has just quietly skated through the last couple of rows. And he's always
1: just so cheerful. (sighs) Like, nothing seems to faze him. He's always just smiling away. he's not
0: going to care in the world, he's not doing anything. (laughs) But moving on, I think it's time we uh, bring Jamie into the conversation.
1: Let's get the man in and he can explain everything in his own words.
2: Looking for your next favourite podcast? Why don't you head over to Short Black with me, Sandra Sully? I talk to all kinds of amazing women who are making a difference. Good women, great chat.
0: So from the second Jamie stepped into the mansion holding an adorable puppy in his arms, it was clear he was going to make an impact on the show. He left in episode eight and now he's found his way into the studio.
1: Welcome, Jamie.
0: I'm here. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thanks for being here. Um, I guess the first question off the top is what happened to that puppy?
2: (laughs) The puppy went back to its owners and that was from a breeder and that dog, Rosie, a little female chocolate Labrador was meant to be given to a new home, but the owners loved it so much at the breeding farm that they've decided to adopt it as their own, which is extremely rare from a breeder. Mm. So, that dog is going to live an amazing life. But I may go and try to find that dog and keep it for myself, to be honest. (laughs) Let's see what happens. You made like a special bond. I made a special bond. But maybe I've got a little bit of competition in Angie as well. So, Angie might go get little Rosie before me. She seemed to like Rosie a lot. More than me, it seems.
1: (laughs) 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 I guess before we get into the Bachelorette stuff with you, Jamie, can you tell us a bit more about yourself and your, I guess, your journey before coming onto the show?
2: Yeah, so I joined Fire and Rescue New South Wales in my early 20s and I worked for them for 10 years and then I decided to go travelling. I really wanted to go travelling, so I went to 116 countries around the world. Oh, wow. Went to all seven continents. I've written a book about it as well. Amazing. And I came back and joined the private sector. So I'm working now in the corporate sector, in mining, in a a rescue team as a firefighter. And the whole opportunity of being on the Bachelorette came up and I thought the timing was right for me and I went for it. I didn't think I'd be a suitable candidate I wasn't sure, I'm getting no younger and I found myself on the show and Angie to me was somebody that I wanted to pursue because I really like her outlook on life, how she pushes herself out of a comfort zone going into the jungle and also her welfare for animals and a compassion for people with disabilities. It paralleled a lot of things that I hold as a high, uh, high value in a partner and i just went for it so i put myself out there and as you're seeing on tv uh didn't end up being the guy for angie but i don't regret a thing and i feel like i'm stronger for the experience and i made some good friends in angie and as well as some of the other guys, the other contestants on the show.
1: You are quite open with the fact that you are a sensitive person. What did you think going into the show? Did you find that environment hard because you wear your heart on your
2: sleeve? It, it was such a high-pressure environment. But being in there with 20 other guys who were predominantly alpha males and it was very competitive and you're close together every day. You're spending 24 hours a day together and... I was ten years older than most guys on that show. So there was a gulf in between the the age gap between me and a lot of the guys. Like just for instance, Kieran, his dad's only three years older than me. Oh wow, yeah. So wow. yeah, so that's what I was kind of dealing with. And it was hard for me to integrate with the other guys because of that that age group. So a lot a lot of the time when the guys were doing things you know, together in the backyard, I was reading a book. Yeah. So (laughs) that that was difficult at times because I did segregate myself from the other guys, but I'm friends with everyone from my season, you know, and that's a byproduct of the show. I went on there and my intention was for Angie and not to make friends or not try to make friends, but as a byproduct, I have. Yeah, for sure. Some of my best friends are the guys from that season.
1: You were quite vocal about not wanting to be part of the bro code. What were the kind of the rules of the bro code, I guess, that you saw from the other guys?
2: The bro code was made in by Tim, <laughs> who is a very good friend of mine, but it was made in a bit of a mob mentality. Yeah. And I just didn't support it. I felt that the ethos of the show is for the guy to approach the girl. And I followed that formula. And guys were not happy about it. But again, like Ryan says, Ryan clearly stated uh, he didn't go on there to be part of the Best Friends Club. He went on there to be on the Bachelorette. And so I was there for Jamie and I saw that through right to the end.
0: Yeah, and I think we obviously see that in sort of the last couple of cocktail parties. It's kind of like the you're sort of at the end there of, of the bro code and, and you just sort of decide to stand up for yourself. Um, watching that back, was that was that
2: tough? Uh, yeah, it's tough at times. Sometimes I don't actually recognise that guy on screen who I'm watching, but I don't regret anything. I caught a spade a spade from the day I walked in there and I... Had Angie's back from the day I was in there so when there was a bit of locker room talk I went and told her and that may have backfired but again I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't change a thing if we went to run that process again next week I would have done the majority of my actions again what are the
0: things you would have changed
2: I would have been a li- little bit less intense <laughs> to put it lightly Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's about it to be honest yeah.
1: Had you done a lot of research on Angie before you came on the show because you did recognize her parents from Instagram and you knew she loved dogs and all that kind of stuff so do you think looking back you would do a little less to make the process a bit more organic for yourself?
2: Probably not be as open about it. (laughs) 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 I mean we live in an
1: Instagram world you know we all do a bit of light stalking.
2: Kieran also admits that he did a lot of stalking if you look at the 10 play videos. Uh, So (laughs) it's, but no, I probably wouldn't have been as open about it, but I, with anything I do in my life, I research it. So before I applied to be in the fire department, I researched everything about that for years. And even down to the interview stage, I researched what questions they're going to ask me. And I wrote paragraphs on, how I'm going to answer those questions. I'm super prepared. Even today, before I come in here, I've got all my notes written down. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm here at this time. I'm here at this time. I'm going to get this ferry. I'm going to get this train. My whole life is, is in preparation. Again, I, I felt that would have been an injustice to Angie if I hadn't done my background on her. So you, you, saw, you saw that with Hayden on Wednesday night. Hayden went home because he didn't want to have children and that's a big thing for Angie and I knew that already.
1: Yeah. Touching on Hayden, actually, he's said in interviews since his elimination that he thinks you're a paid actor. (laughs) What do you have to say back to that?
2: (laughs) Oh, that's hilarious. Uh, A a, a few of the guys believe I'm a paid actor. Uh,
1: Why do you think that is?
2: I'm quite emotional. I'm emotional, I wear my heart on my sleeve I call a spade a spade I have no filter, I have zero filter I've heard rumours recently that I work at SeaWorld as Superman <laughs> <laughs> as a character And so do you, can you clear that up right now? <laughs> I definitely don't but if you're listening to SeaWorld <laughs> I'll give you my number later and I've also heard I'm on TV commercials in the UK
1: Oh, you're very famous. So,
2: yeah, apparently I get around. But <laughs> no, no, I'm not an actor. So, uh, there was an article the other day that someone said they spoke to me in 2018 on the way to acting class when in 2018 I was in London. So <laughs> I get, oh, hang on, that's putting flames on the, on the TV. On the commercials, thing. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hang on you going to be careful. But uh, no, no, there's no, there was no acting going on. Uh, that I actually thought was hilarious. And and, and it's funny what's come from this because some of the things that make me laugh the most are the acting claims and the memes. Mm. The memes are brilliant. I love the memes that keep popping up (laughs) about me. It's meme central and they give me a good laugh they're my favorite how
1: has it been reading back on these articles about yourself and seeing the memes because i imagine not all are in a positive light as well so how have you dealt with that
2: oh i really like the memes (laughs) i'm I'm actually nervous that i'm not nervous Mm. about the media backlash you know that makes me nervous why aren't i nervous about it Mm. The only things that have got me down since the show, to be honest, are people disputing my career as a firefighter. That, that's that been difficult. I've been taking that to heart. The rest, oh, I think it's absolutely hilarious. Because if you put yourself forward for a show like this, you are open to public discretion. Yeah, you kind of know what's and coming.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of scrutiny for pretty much everybody that goes through these. Yeah. Yeah. But- uh, but I think there's a level of intensity for that some people go through, and, and there's a few guys that kind of go through unscathed. Yeah. Um. I know we saw earlier. Yeah, But I know we saw earlier. Yeah. True. <laughs> I know we saw earlier in the season. Um, when uh Jess kind of um called your integrity into question, you, you also mentioned your career. So it's something that's really, it's that's really important to you.
2: Yeah, I, I do. I wear it like a badge of honor, mm. and Jess. To his credit, Jess, the following day, which no one saw, came up to me, shook my hand and apologised. That's not easy. I'm someone who finds it very difficult to walk up and say sorry to someone and look them in the eye. As much as I want to, I just, it's hard. I feel so awkward and Jess, just like a man, came up and owned it and I respected him so much for that. So, But, yeah, that's the only thing that probably gets me down. But the memes, keep them coming. Yeah, I actually always. love them. I really do. I really do you enjoy them. You just got, like, them. folders saved of them on your yeah, phone. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> Um, I guess speaking of apologising and finding it hard to apologise, would you apologise to Carlin now, looking back on how everything played out?
2: No. No, definitely not because I spoke the truth mm-hmm. and no way, you know, and that's nothing against Carlin. You know, Carl's a good guy, but I know what I heard and I speak the truth and there's no way that I would ever apologise for speaking the truth.
1: And what you heard is that what he heard, said he wanted to be the 2020 Bachelor?
2: What? Yeah, what I heard more than once is him saying that. So,
1: and Did any of the other boys hear that in the house and they didn't the, back you up?
2: There were other people when he said it one of the times so i'm not sure what's going on there i i I don't know if it's this what you said in the mansion stays in the mansion business but i know what i heard and i call spade a spade so i i told angie to her face i care about her enough that i feel like she needs to know about that locker room talk
1: I want to touch on your friendship with Tim as well in the house. Obviously, he was quite open with the fact that he liked stirring you up, but you guys did seem to have a kind of friendship there. He did say to Angie that he had never heard Carlin say those things. Um, Where are you at with Tim now?
2: Tim is my best friend in the whole world. Like, Tim literally is my best mate. So, uh, no, that has not affected Tim and my relationship at all. He's, yeah he's a rough diamond and he loves his family and he's so caring and he loves Angie and I'm rooting for him yeah I'm, I'm, I'm in his corner I'm rooting for him so
1: so obviously seeing you didn't win would you say Tim would be your number one pick?
2: Tim is the guy I want to win yeah but I feel Ryan is really suited to Angie. You know, they're really on that same plane. But I think Alex is a real dark horse. Alex. Yeah, don't discount. <laughs> yeah, really? yeah. For a second I was like, who? Like, yeah, I- no, yeah. don't discount <laughs> okay. Alex. He's sliding in under the radar. Yeah. Big time. Real far under. So, and then you've also got that obvious connection between Carlin and Angie as mm. well. So you can't write Carlin off. But I, I just feel Ryan's really suited to...
0: I'm interested in your thoughts on Ryan Because a lot of the guys seem to be offside Like from what we've seen They seem to be pretty offside with him But you're one of the rare cases that um, it, it, it seems like you guys got along while you were in the house And I'm, I'm wondering if that is because Like you were saying you, you fell that age gap with a lot of the other guys But were the two of you kind of off to the side?
2: I love Ryan Yeah I love Ryan Ryan is like the most fantastic guy He's so genuine He's so down to earth All Ryan cares about, like, in the big scheme of things in life is the welfare of animals. That's all he cares about. Yeah, Ryan's a great guy. Look, Ryan was always going to have a tough time with the guys. Even if Tim came in in week three, who was the the most popular guy in the mansion and, and still is the most popular guy in the mansion. And even if Tim came in week three... He would have had that hard time Ryan had. It's very difficult to be the only intruder. Like, look at the girls on The Bachelorette. Sorry, The Bachelor. Like, eight girls came in and they were all scrutinised. Absolutely. Ryan came in on his own.
1: Were you surprised that the other guys threw you under the bus?
2: Yeah, it hurt. It hurt a lot because up to that point, I hadn't said a bad word about anyone off camera or on camera. Mm -hmm. It hurt. It shocked me. Uh. You know, Tim and Jackson were very good friends of mine, so they came to me straight away and told me what happened. And right. It was hard to take. It, it knocked, it, it hit me hard. And then when Angie pulled me aside and she didn't explain what had happened, she just said to me, my dad just said, stay clear of you. And I said, why? And she was like, well, they didn't say. And I value parents so highly if I'm dating a girl, I want her parents to think the world of me. And when I found out that Mark was saying to, to Angie, steer clear of me, it, uh, my whole world just sort of started spinning. And, and I, I took it hard. And as you saw, Tim said on Wednesday night, Jamie's been stewing on this for a week. And I was, I was, <laughs> yeah. I was, there, I was there like, yes. like I was stewing on it. I, I just couldn't let it go. And in that environment, you've, you don't really have anyone to vent to. And as you saw on Wednesday night, what happens? That was a week of stewing coming out and no more Mr. Nice Guy. <laughs>
1: And I guess looking back on this whole experience, would you do it again for something like Bachelor in Paradise?
2: <laughs> oh, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. I'm getting old. I'm getting old. I just turned no 40. No cocktails in PG. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It wouldn't be nice maybe having a few daiquiris on, <laughs> on the beach, but no, I don't know. I don't, I don't think it's for me. Uh, I think it's a young man's game, Bachelor in Paradise, (laughs) to be honest, or a young woman's game. Yeah, that's fair enough. Can I ask, I know you
0: just mentioned uh, sort of like the, you know, what Australia thinks of you. Um, Has that been a difficult part of the process to have to deal with a whole lot of people assuming that they know who you are from what they've seen?
2: Just the career career stuff. I I don't know why that bothers me so much. I don't mind that people call me a liar and a snake and and all the other kind of negative media I'm getting off people and and direct messages, it's just when people attack my career because that's something that, that's my trade. That's what I've done since I've been 22 years old and all over the world. That's hard. That's hard when they start attacking my career. The rest, I I don't care. No one's attacked my family, so that's fine. So probably now everyone's going to start DMing me about my career <laughs> when they hear this. No. Uh, it's, um, it could be all positive. Yeah, like I said, keep the memes coming. I think they are hilarious. <laughs> the memes light my day up. They really. You do. might just oh. get thousands of memes. in <laughs> yeah, your, yeah, yeah. your whole DM is just me, me, oh. me. <laughs> you love my, it. It's about nine. I've been sent this morning. On its own. And and Matt and Matt's recaps. Yeah. Matt's a recaps. They're highlight of the week. Thank you, checks in they, the mail. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did a How him.
1: much did he pay you to say <laughs> that? Uh,
0: yeah. Dollar compliment. Yeah. Uh thank you so much for, yeah. for chatting with us. Thank we really appreciate me. it. Yeah, thank you so much, yeah,
2: Jamie. It's great. Thank you. So, thanks for having me on. Well,
0: tiles. I think it's pretty clear that uh, on most weeks, I will always be giving my rose to Jamie. You know,
1: you'd have a bouquet for him right now.
0: 100%. But uh, for this week, who would you be giving your rose to?
1: For one last time, I'm really sad about this, but my rose is going to Hayden's vodka soda. <laughs> I'm just going to miss it so oh,
0: much. Make it a double. Pour
1: your vodka soda out for Hayden, everyone. <laughs> um. Who's yours going to, if not Jamie?
0: Um, Okay, very special shout out to Jamie, obviously, but my rose this week is going to Jackson Speedos. Oh, hello. (laughs) There's just this random shot of Jackson sunbaking in his Speedos next to the pool. Do you think
1: he photoshopped them on? I do. Like all the rumours about his Instagram account right now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I really do. Uh, All right, who are you not giving your rose to this week?
1: Um, The $1,000 caviar. Oh, (laughs) not a fan? Just give me that $1,000 instead. I'll spend it on something much better. A
0: thousand Kit Kats. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> $1 <laughs> at Coles or Woolies, wherever you decide to shop. Um, who's not getting your rose, mat?
0: It's outdoor baths. Yeah.
1: Yes. Oh, my God. Thank you.
0: <laughs> it's just not happening. I want to Take be... all those
1: rose petals out. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. There's muck in there. It's weirdly cold outside, but warm in the bath. Where do like, I pee? You know,
1: I was going to say, Tim probably did pee in Tim there.
0: probably did pee in there.
1: Yeah. No. Nah.
0: All right. Well, that's all for this week, a massive week. I can't wait to see what happens next week. And uh, make sure to keep watching The Bachelorette every Wednesday and Thursday at 7.30 on 10, or you can always catch up on 10 Play. Carl, thank you so much for joining me again.
1: Thank you. I've just um, run out to bath, actually, if <sighs> you want to step outside. Let me
0: dip my little piggies in there. <laughs> Ooh, it's hot. <laughs>
1: I gotta go. <laughs>
2: I love that
0: as well. When I first started in TV, I went into the TV kicking and screaming, but uh, <laughs> they got me. I'm uh, just not.
2: wondering. Uh, I'd like to order a coffee. I'll, I, I've got a list here. I'd like a long black, uh, two flat whites, one of them skim with a sugar, uh, a raspberry and apple bread. I think. well a- what? 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 what are you-
0: Ra- raspberry and apple bread. What, what are you talking about? This is a podcast studio. What? What are you? What do you mean? The sign says cafe. Oh, we forgot to take that down. This, but this is a podcast studio, all right? We're recording 10 Speaks podcasts in here.
2: Well, I'll take one of those. All right, well, we have The Professor and the Hack with Peter Van Onselen and Hugh Rimpton at the Western Front. But this is, this is definitely not a cafe. Okay.
0: Do you feel like a silly person? A little, yes.
2: How long is this promo going?
0: It's going on for quite some time now.
2: Okay.